Law Focus Podcast. Bringing you the facts, handing you your rights. This is Law Focus. Good evening. It's exactly five minutes past seven. And you tune into Vow FM. We're broadcasting live on 88.1. Uh, uh, my name is Tsepo Mohapi and I'm with Millicent Ndiwin. Now, tonight we're going to discuss forced ser- uh, sterilizations. Um, in recent weeks, this has been a topic which came to the fore. Now, at least 48 women, based mainly in KZN and um, Gauteng, alleged, alleged that they were sterilized without giving informed consent. Uh, these women uh, who did not know that they were being sterilized at all. So, for instance, they were going under the knife to give birth via cesarean section, and the sterilization occurred then. Or they were coerced into uh, the sterilization at a time when they were extremely vulnerable, having just given birth to a child. The allegations are mainly historic, but uh, they span a number of years, and the first complaint appears to have originated in 2001. Some of the women only realized much, much later the extent of the violation which they suffered at the hands of the medical professionals. And the types of coercive t- tactics used by the medical professionals ranged from intimidating the victims by stating that the victim would die if they were not sterilized, commenting openly about the woman's HIV-positive status and the number of children that the woman already had. All this was done to humiliate and intimidate the woman into submission and signing the consent form. In all these cases... The women were not given proper information about the procedure in order for them to make an informed decision. And that is what they were even told about the uh, 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 sterilization in the first place. The actions are a clear violation of many of the basic human rights, including the rights to dignity, to equality and information when it comes to medical procedures, to name but a few. We will be taking this opportunity tonight to discuss what happened and what the way forward is now for these ladies, not only these ladies, but also other vulnerable people in our society who find themselves in a situation where they are being forced uh, to sterilize or they are just simply being sterilized without their consent. And we need to also now reflect for ourselves as a country what this means and how we are doing regarding us upholding human rights because we see we we often claim that we are you know um human rights are the beacon of our whole dispensation in south africa yeah that's right now we always want to hear from you uh, and we want to hear what you want to say uh, your contribution is valuable. Now, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at VowFM using the hashtag LawFocus. Uh, on Facebook, we are VowFM. And on our landline as well, which is 011-717-9881. And we always look forward to hearing from you. Now, if you missed tonight's full episode, check out our podcast on vits.journalism.co.za forward slash law or the Vits Academy uh, um, page on Iona um, and you can get this show as well as previous shows uh, but for now let's keep you up to date with everything that's happening in the news with our legal hotspots rounding up all, all the top stories of the week, of the week. Yes. legal hotspots 
Well, we start off with one, none other than what is on everyone's mind on every single radio station, uh, everywhere on the TV, and that has to do with the coronavirus. You know, there have uh, been actually drastic measures taken in South Africa uh, on Sunday because of this. President Cyril Ramaphosa announced um, from the 18th of March that South Africa's borders to all foreign nationals from countries highly impacted by the deadly coronavirus would actually be closed. So we have decided to take urgent and drastic measures to manage the disease, protect the people of our country and reduce the impact of the disease on our society and economy. Yeah, it's very scary, hey, when you think of um, how how people have been stocking food, when you think of how the economy especially is going to be impacted, students, matriculants who are going to be writing at the end of the year, it's so scary. Um, so yeah, but I mean, people are panicking. Everyone? Yeah. yeah no. I mean, with the stockpiling situation. Mm. Stockpiling only leads to more stockpiling. It doesn't lead to... People having and the greater supplies. Shortage. Yeah, it just creates more of a problem. I've never seen stockpiling solve a problem. Never. Well, we've never seen coronavirus before, right? But never. We've seen other major problems, you know, <laughs> and we, I've never seen stockpiling, stockpiling. resolve the problem. Never. So, but anyway, so uh, we have now declared a national state of disaster, said the president, uh, in a nationally broadcast address to the nation following an afternoon meeting. He did say that uh, he announced rather a raft of extraordinary measures to limit the country's exposure to the virus. And these include a travel ban on foreign nationals from high risk countries, those countries being Italy, Iran, South Korea, Germany, Spain the United States, Britain, and China as of Wednesday this week. The cabinet also cancelled visas issued to visitors from those countries from yesterday and revoked previously granted visas. You know, when I saw this, I was thinking, shoo, how much money would a person have spent on getting a visa and it's revoked or it has been cancelled? It, it's so much yeah, money. It's but crazy. Ordinarily, you know, those, there's a lot of it's refunded. There's something is called it? force majeure in the law, which yeah. is sort of, you know, something that you can't, it's beyond your control, beyond anybody's control. And sometimes that can kick okay. in and you can get all sorts of things. Um, I wonder if that, if that would include, you know, sometimes there's all these tests that you would take um, before you obviously yeah, leave the maybe, country. Yeah, I wonder if that includes yeah, all the, yeah. the, you know, that finance that was spent. Yeah. So effective immediately is uh, that South Africans have been advised to refrain from all travel to and through the European Union and all other high-risk countries that have been mentioned. The government will shut down uh, land-based ports of entry as of today um, and with the two of the eight seaports already closed. All non-essential government official travel outside of South Africa has been banned immediately. Local travel is also discouraged. Gatherings of more than 100 people will be prohibited as will be celebrations of key national days. When I saw the 100 people, one was thinking in particular of people who you know go to church religiously and how they need to find a way of worshiping in a different way so that you don't find yourself putting you know obviously yourself and other people at mm, risk by mm. overdoing you know the numbers. a lot of churches have cell groups and things like that so maybe that they have to actually make use of that no mm -hmm. maybe or if they don't have them maybe think about establishing right Right. And then schools are closing on Wednesday. That's tomorrow. They are very happy. Of course, they're happy. And they will open 
only after Easter weekend. That's obviously if things are still the way, you know, uh, uh, progressing um, as accordingly. Prison visits, on the other hand, have been suspended immediately. And the number of cases in South Africa, last time we checked, were well over 60. I say well over 60 because whether it's 62 or whether it's 64 or 65, I'm not quite sure yet. Um, the news reports haven't really given a number so far, but we know that it's well over 60. And then higher education institutions and churches have already cancelled our graduations and other formal gatherings. So, with regards to university news, what we do know is that Rhodes University has decided to cancel their graduation ceremonies scheduled for the week of April the 2nd to the 4th and the events that may involve significant numbers of people from Makanda and beyond. The University of Fort Hills spokesperson Tandi Mabikade said on Sunday that the university was in the process of setting up a response team to deal with the virus. On a daily basis, materials on precautionary measures are shared with staff and students. Because of the numbers of infected people continuing to, ar- to rise, management may introduce other steps next week. UCT has cancelled all classes and on-campus activities until the end of the Easter vacation. And then here at home, the University of the Witwatersrand has cancelled all campus activities on March the 16th and uh, advise all students to self-isolate. Of course, you guys do know that we are the first university to have had a case of someone uh, who was confirmed to have the virus. 350 people were in that medical class and all of them have been asked to uh, self-isolate. Who those 350 people might have been in contact with, we don't know. So tests have been postponed. The university has called for an early recess as of the 17th of March to the 30th of March. And then we've got the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints which has about 65,000 members spread across the country. They have cancelled all worship services in line with the global church decision. It's not the only church. I think um, Rema Bible Church also cancelled some, or they will be um, finding other alternative ways of worshipping um, and other churches have to obviously follow suit in line with you know th- these new measures that have been put in place by the president. We heard earlier tonight as well of a family two of whom have tested positive for the virus. The mother and daughter tested positive but refused treatment. The father refused testing. The family left the hospital despite being cautioned not to do so, so they did not want to cooperate. And um, because of that, they were, you know, they, they had to get police to be involved. Yeah. Um, and, and as it stands, the mother and the daughter were being taken to quarantine last time we checked, and the father was going to be taken for testing as well. Yeah. In fact, the um, Department of Health in Gauteng had to approach the court on an extremely urgent basis and the court order was granted at about one o'clock this morning to uh, apprehend them i do not understand why some people simply do not think about the well-being of others yeah i mean even if i mean i can imagine what they're going to say that you know we don't want to be put into a government facility this is probably we don't want to be put into a government facility and we'd like to self-quarantine uh but i mean 
if you've tested positive and you're, you're told, listen, you must refrain from leaving this facility until such time as we clear you, it doesn't matter how uncomfortable you might be in those, uncomfortable with your presence, you know, in, right. the, in those circumstances. If, if, if it's bigger than you. I mean, if somebody's grand or, or, or somebody's, you know, somebody dies as a consequence of this, your, your, your uncomfortableness in being, let's say, in a government facility or being quarantined by the state is means nothing. Really. Yeah, anyway. and you you even seeing it from a different perspective. I'm thinking more of, sure, what if these people have some weird, maybe religious belief, um, and that's the reason you know they don't want to cooperate. It's unfortunate because now other people's lives are in danger because of that. Oh, we just discussed how the Church of the Latter Day Saints is cancelled all worship, and, right? You know, you know, you know, sort of gatherings. Mm. Let's put it like that. Yeah, and and they're a fairly conservative church. I mean, from from my experience, with mm. it, I don't know what on earth these people were thinking. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I wonder if we're going to be able to sue, hey, for this coronavirus thing. But well, they haven't named the family, and they shouldn't name. The they shouldn't name. No. Well, 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 well. Maybe not just the family, but also, uh, 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 you know, in terms of international law and how it would operate regarding such a pandemic or if that's just out of the question because of how severe um this this matter is um mm. i've been wondering about it if you know lawsuits can be chat you know can can be brought forth um but let me just quickly conclude on our coronavirus matter we've got this on the other hand who we had uh, an uh, oppose want to oppose an urgent interdict for the evacuation by two students who have brought the matter earlier today. So, Vitz had issued out some correspondence saying that everyone needs to obviously leave. Um, Razors, you know, yesterday it was con- uh, 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 communicated 72 hours for people to leave, international students, etc. Obviously, they've made measures um, available for all of that. So, um, why the students have a problem, we don't know, but the university wants to interdict. So we'll see how far this matter is and I'm going sure to go. Be in court soon. All right, mm-hmm. moving away from Corona and back about 27 years ago, um, Chris Hani was assassinated by Janusz Walusz. Janusz Walusz is still applying for parole, and Janusz Walusz has been denied parole. He will remain behind bars uh, for the time being. On Monday, his um, application for parole was denied. The minister, this is Ronald Lamola, the minister of uh, Justice and Correctional Services, said it is clear that the political assassination of the late Hani was executed with an intention to create chaos and mayhem in the country. Uh, the record before me clearly reveals that the trial uh, took uh, this fact into consideration when sentencing Janusz Walus to death. Now, the minister said the 1993 assassination was intended and had the potential to bring about a civil war, war within the Republic at that time. And it must be noted that Janusz Wallace was convicted of murder with no extenuating circumstances having uh, found to be present. So nothing um, sort of to mitigate on his behalf. The court, when when they sentenced him to death, they didn't find anything to mitigate by Janusz Wallace's sentencing. I've also taken legal, the minister now continues saying, I've also taken, le- uh, taken note of legal um, regime applicable based on the date in which Janusz Wallace committed the crime. Um, this implies that it should be my decision to approve his placement on parole. Um, he would be on parole for a maximum period of three years, uh, unless any possible remissions which he might qualify. 
He continues to say that uh, considering this fact, placing Yanush Valus uh, on parole would negate the severity the court sought when sentencing him. Uh, in this premise, and balancing both the negative and positive factors, the placement of parole for offender Yanush Valus is not approved at this stage. All right, so basically, he's been denied, and they don't, they, you know. They haven't budged. I mean, the government hasn't budged mm. on their position. It's 27 years ago that he di- that he committed the offence, and um, we haven't had much information about it other than the fact that he committed it along with uh, the now late. Uh, what what was that? What was that nutcase's name? Um, what is his name again? I Clive Derby Lewis. That's okay, it. Clive Derby Lewis, former former Conservative Party. All right. All right. That uh, concludes our. Our legal, legal hotspots for the week. Yeah. Enjoy. Rounding up all, all the top all stories, the of, the stories of the week. It's legal hotspots. Lawful Focus 88.1. Point of information. Welcome back to Law Focus. It has just gone 22 minutes after 7 and you are with Melissa Tintiweni and Sapamu Happy. Uh, remember that you can communicate with us uh, if you would like to add your comments or you want to ask any question. We're going to be talking about sterilization tonight. Uh, it is the sterilization of HIV positive women but forced sterilization as well as the forced sterilization of people who are living with special needs, so people who are living with disabilities. Uh, if you want to communicate with us and engage with us on this matter, Twitter at VowFM using the hashtag LawFocus is where you can find us. Otherwise, you are more than welcome to call us on 011-717-9881. Up next, we're going to be introducing our guest. His name is Jabu Baloyi, and he comes to us from one of the most important uh, institutions of our uh, 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 democracy, one of our Chapter 9 institutions is going to tell us more about the work that he does. And then he's going to tell us, you know, his special interest in this particular matter and how he finds himself involved in it. Thank you, Mr. Jabu Baloye, for joining us on Law Focus. Welcome. Thank you for having the Commission for Gender Equality and good evening to the Betsy. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so where, where, how did you find yourself involved in such an important matter? Obviously, you guys, Gender Commission, you deal with a lot of important issues. How did this... Um, sterilization issue comes to your fore. How did we, did we end up being in this situation is that as a Commission for Gender Equality, our mandate calls upon us to work with various institutions, including Institute of Higher Learning, uh, Women's Institution, um, uh, Men's Organization, and others, in order to build that equality in society. Then we, Women Legal Center send a complaint to us that they received from a, a rights initiative and international women living with, with HIV. And they said, there's something that we believe you have got the powers, you can force government and other entities to come and comply with you based on your mandate and your powers. That's where we, we end up being in this situation. 2015, they came to us and said, we've got 48 women who are saying um, we, we, uh, we were coerced into sterilization. At the time, we used the word coerced. And then um, we wanted to, to find the nitty-gritty authenticated information. And we find, yes, it's within our mandate. And 2016, we started investigating, and we, we find ourselves in the situation. Um, we had to hold help, like the report last year, because we wanted to satisfy ourselves with certain aspects, and the Department of Justice wanted to see the report, and we were hands to launch this year. Right. And how did these women uh, get to a point where they realized that, hey, maybe there was some forced sterilization that took place here? 
My sister, it was very sad how they discovered. Some will go to hospital based on something. Some will want to do a pap smear, mammogram, and other things, and ask the doctor. Some, you know, will try to conceive, um, wanting to have a second child, because you remember having an HIV, being HIV positive, it's not a deterrent for having a child. Right. Some were even sterilized when they were not even having, were not HIV positive or with special needs. Right. So that's how they started finding out. Some, um, and then that's where they realized something is wrong. Something was done unto them, and they wanted us to start helping. Look, I didn't consent to this. I don't know anything about it. What must we do now? I said, look, we will help as much as possible. We got consent forms, and then we started to We realized these people, some of them, you find that on the verge of giving birth, or maybe after giving birth, they were sterilized. Mm. Some were forced, were, were just given a form to say, imagine when you're disoriented, you are dehydrated, you are you're not feeling well. You are not in a good uh, state of mind. Someone said, "Sign here," and without you knowing what you are saying, and some of them couldn't even articulate themselves in the Queen's language. And that's where we realized they wouldn't have signed these things. That then you knew what they were signing for. Mm. Mm. Right. Mm. What did the medical practitioners, if you spoke to any, what was their reasoning for doing this? It was the, the reason. It's simple. It was plain cruelty, inhumane, unfair, and degrading way of doing things. So there's no other aspect of to justify it because the, the, you, it, there's only one doctor now who has been found the one thing of this. What that's the element that you know we want H, HBC, SA, and DINOSA to ensure that they take their, um, 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 steps against all the health practitioners would be this unscrupulous right. and and inhumane, and you know what, you can't describe it. When you look at the faces of those women who are forcefully sterilized, you can say every bad word against these health practitioners because it is very bad. Mm. Mm. Now, you mentioned the Health Practitioners Council. I, I've got an opinion about that council. I won't share it on air because it's very unkind. So yes. I'm not confident about you know them taking any action against errant doctors. Is there another option, for example, the criminal prosecution route? Is that uh, being explored as a possibility, for instance, yes. to consult GBH, etc.? There's that possibility in a serious way. HPCSA looks like that and Dilota to look at the criminal charges. Remember, our mandate doesn't extend to a certain extent. Mm. We know some of them, they want monetary values. Uh, a monetary compensation and other things for emotional, psychological. Some of them have lost marriages because of foster mm. Some of them, mm. they can't even tell their husband because of this uh, for, of foster relationship. What HPCSA is supposed to do is what will be monitoring. What records, legal records, um, um, those who have been forced or coercing sterilization are going to get because we, will, we are still within our right to monitor that we have handed the report. We are still our right because we have ended, we have even met with the Minister of Justice to ensure that, you know, they do something about it. It's not going to be a matter that is going to be uh, left hanging. Something has to give, it, if it's legal court, if it's motor conversation, HPCSA has to decide. But we have put, it's just like, you know, you, 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 you put um, a, a, a person mark or something, knowing very well what the expected outcome you want to anticipate, you're anticipating. We anticipate that, and if that can happen, would be so hateful for the victims. Mm. And you seen them, my brother and my sister, you were going to cry. Mm. Mm, of course.
was mm, mm. and 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 uh, i'm sure you know despite obviously losing let's say your marriage or you know whatever it is that came with the benefits of being able to conceive uh depression and you know other health mental issues you know if these women uh, um uh, have services to to help them deal uh, with any of that trauma Yes, it's it's very. There's mental issues that um uh that is linked to it. Mm-hmm. That's another aspect. And all some of them they've never recovered. Some have died. No. Some, some we are told someone has committed suicide. Mm. After she discovered remember that it's it's not only dealing with the fallopian tubes. They even removed the womb altogether. All, all, all so they performed hysterectomies on some of the women. Mrs. Yes. And they, dis- they didn't tell them that this was the reverse or not. Mm. It, it's an irreversible procedure. Uh, so, um, Mr. Baloy, would you perhaps describe the, the 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 ladies, the type of women who were subjected to this? What sort of backgrounds did they come from? Better economic community? Where were they? You know, where they come from? The rural areas. No, no, what types were being rural areas? Those even those from southern. You'll find it's women from Tembisa, it's women from Alexander, women from Soweto, certain township in Soweto. When you look at the educational background, mm. you realize some of them, as much as they can articulate themselves, but by and large, the ones with HIV uh, uh, first and then the one with special needs, you realize these are the people that they don't have somebody fight for them in their family. These are the people who cannot um, understand and find out what is it that, you know, they were subjected themselves into some of them. So you look at it, it's like they were profiling them. Because, you know, the statement that they were saying, you HIV AIDS people, you open your list, you HIV AIDS people, mm-hmm. like babies, will show you that, will reduce that number, you will never get kids again. Mm, 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 mm. That is hectic, you know. Wow. We are in conversation with Mr. Javu Baloye from the Commission for Gender Equality. And if you just joined us, we are talking about forced sterilization, uh, which is something that a lot of women in South Africa we have found have gone through quite a few. I mean, it's an appalling number. One is one too many, actually, uh, you know, in the context of our constitution where we stand up for equality and dignity and we believe in you know the values of freedom of expression and we say we don't stigmatize we don't discriminate under any condition whatsoever and it's so unfortunate that these women someone has already committed suicide as we have heard um, earlier on tonight because of this losing marriages you are unable to ever conceive even though you wanted to have a child and it's unfortunate because you know with with a low viral load you, you you can have a child who will not be HIV positive, who will be healthy, and there's absolutely no reason why uh, uh, we find medical professionals having done such atrocities. Um, although we have already spoken so much on the case, I think we should now get a little bit on, you know, explaining what we mean by uh, sterilization, you know, uh, for, for, for someone who is listening and, and they're not sure what exactly is it that we are talking about here. Is there a legal definition of sterilization and a medical definition of sterilization? Or is it one and the same thing? And if so, what actually is it? What does it mean? Um, there's only one, this one, one definition of sterilization. It is there, it's there within the act. What, it's a performed sterilization. It's supposed to be done by consent legally and medically. It's supposed to be done by consent. Say between me and my, my, my wife, we do not want to have kids all together. We have got enough 
Have we lost Mr. Javu Baloy? Okay. Or maybe she wants the womb is a problem, you remove it. The womb is paralyzed altogether that she doesn't fall pregnant anymore. Mm. Or maybe if somebody has got a, a problem with ovaries, they remove the ovaries altogether because there's a problem and that they sterilize them and that is given with the consent and it is counseling. A person is aware of the situation that is happening and that person gives consent to the doctors and also they, they, they make sure that, you know, it involves families. It's not. It's not done in a day. It's, it's a process which you know also needs some guidance. Right. Should they not want? At times, when you sterilize, because now of late, because of the medical um, um, improvement in, in our health system, you find that you know they can also maybe close the fallopian tubes that you know you do not conceive at all. But if you want to re- 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 reverse the process, yes, it can be done. It can, it, you are not all. Uh, completely sterilized that you know you don't have kids but you know you know yourself between you and your partner or yourself as an individual as a woman to say look i need you to close the fallopian tube until a certain stage can we you hold them and that is sterilization it's mm. done with consent it's there legally and the health practitioners did not follow and that woman emphasize did not follow that code when did they did this forced sterilization right. so there's only one sterilization procedure that can be performed Right. I, w- I want to ask you just for, you know, just for clarity's sake. Let's just assume somebody can't give consent, but um, a sterilization is or a medical procedure is recommended by the yes. doctor, but the patient yes. can't give consent. It doesn't matter. Maybe it's sterilization. Maybe it is, um, maybe there is some sort of, let's say, cancer, but it, 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 it's, in, it's in the reproductive organs, let's say, right? And that patient, maybe they're mentally not able to give consent. They're unconscious, something like that. So consent is not possible, but medical advice is we should perform this procedure. What would, under those circumstances where you can't get consent, what would the process be? Would it be a court process? What would it be? There's something called guardianship in a court process. Okay. If, if that person is, is unable to, they will look at the law. What is, is the best, uh, it, it's the best uh, um, interest of the patient who is mentally disturbed or mentally not functioning well. Mm. No one is an island. There's someone within the family who can give consent for that to happen. Okay. Because it can't be done in a manner like, unless otherwise it's life-threatening. Mm. Right, oh, so in an emergency situation. Yeah, okay. emergency situation. Mm. Okay. Doctors can do use that both of theirs to say, look, we are using this, uh, we are using this system now and we are forced by the practices to do it. That mm. is the best way to do it. Unless otherwise, um, uh, because there's no situation which is urgent in sterilization, you need to get consent, whether it's from family or from the courts to explain the situation. That one, that should have been happening in some of the situations. But they, they didn't follow that. They decided to be law unto themselves. And we, we follow this very critically. Mm. Mm. Are, are we finding that, because it sounds like it's a complicated process, are we finding that it is more the support staff, say nurses, anethers, you know, all of those, well, anethers is not a support staff, but is, is it sort of nurses who are more involved in this forced sterilization, or is it the actual doctors, both. surgeons who are both. more involved? Both, 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 nurses and doctors. And, you know, after we launched the report on the 24th of February, mm. we are receiving calls all throughout the country this has happened to me, but I want to remain, remain anonymous. Mm. This has happened to me. Can the Gender Commission assist me to approach HPCSA? Mm. 
Mm. And then I said nothing, go home. But when I came back to be checked, because, you know, I was feeling pain underneath my stomach, then another doctor told me, uh, did you do for uh, sterilization? She said, she said no. Mm. But, she said, mm. but here it has happened. So mm. it's doctors and nurses combined. And on the 24th, we, we brought in HPCSA, Dr. Lesate. We brought in the broken Ginosa, the top, the top uh, brass of Ginosa, to come and deal with these issues. To come and hear for themselves the pain and the anguish and the agony of the women who were forced forced to go through this and and, and 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 i want to know did they keep records of their procedures or did they even falsify those records as it go further than um the act itself but also now towards fraudulent covering up etc or were the records able accessible quite easily to the gender commission you know i'm, I'm glad you've asked that question yeah. we're dealing with unscrupulous people Mm-hmm. And remember that the, 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 the record keeping system within the the, the, the hospital it's, it's it's a mess. Mm. And somewhere it was even difficult for us to access the records. We'll get some records here and there. And when they realize what we are we're, we're there for, and then there was um, a, a backlash of some sort, or maybe um, some uh, not cooperative. So the records somewhere were falsified. There was no records, and uh, they will even. Like even the, the, the senior management, they will even claim that they didn't know what was happening. Mm. And, but when the report comes out, someone said, you know, we suspected something was happening. Oh, wow. That's how the human nature is. Nobody wants to take responsibility when yeah. something is wrong. But when something is positive, everyone wants to raise their hand. You know, I was part of that reset. I was part of that game. But now because it's something so, so agonizing, so, so, so shameful to the country and, and to the health uh, fraternity. No one wants to say, no, we knew, but we're trying to do this. And no one is justifying it. Mm. But, you know, they're running for cover, all of them. Some are fully the commission. Look, we know where one who thought it was one to the present. But we don't want to hear it. We had an opportunity to give valid reasons why it did it. So, hence, we're coming to you with the full mighty and full force, ensure that, you know, the justice for these women. It cannot be that, you know, women, because of their special spending and their reception, such a... Um, So, I mean, it must, must have been an extremely difficult to try and trace back what happened. Listen, um, we are, if you've just joined us, we are discussing the forced sterilization of women in South Africa, uh, which happened over a number of years, but the report has recently been released about it, and action is now perhaps uh, imminent against the various uh, parties who were involved. Your participation in this conversation is really vital to us, so you can take part on Twitter at VowFM using the hashtag LawFocus. You can call us on 011-717-9881. It's exactly 41 minutes past 7 o'clock, and we'll be back in a few minutes after this short break. Law Focus, point, point of information. Welcome back to Law Focus. Uh, it's Millicent Ntibeni and Tepo Mohapi right here talking about sterilization with Mr. Javu Baloyi from the Commission for Gender Equality. And uh, so far we have discussed points particularly of the sterilization of HIV positive women, although he has actually clarified that 
it wasn't even just HIV positive women who were sterilized. It was also um, women who did not even have any, um, you know, any condition. Women who were, were were not without, who did not have any disability. Um, and 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 either way, whether they did have it or not, it would still be wrong. And uh, uh, we need to find out, Mr. Baloyi. Well, is it just women who have been forced into sterilization and if it's just women why has it just been women being targeted has it just been women who have been targeted uh, with regards to this forced sterilization by state hospitals no it's, it's, it's only women as far we have been had a situation where men came out to say look there's something that was expected to me on them we only had women and there's also one woman who was not an HIV positive, yeah. but she was forcefully sterilized. Um, she, she has become a state of these cases very, uh, very far. She is she's sitting with the HPCFA and Department of Health for, for, for recourse, and it, it looks like it's going very well. And the other people also, there's one lady who managed to get the doctor um, having a youth license report. Okay. So it's only women so far that we know. But there are three women that um, are not from poor backgrounds who have got the resources who are also very much educated who were forcefully sterilized without them knowing because, you know, they were, they find themselves disoriented into one of the procedures and then somewhere one of the unscrupulous doctors did their sterilization on them. But one of them managed to fight the, the battle and had the doctor disbarred from the, uh, from the medical practice and one is seeking financial compensation that's trying to mitigate that now with the Department of Health and HPDFA. And we hope this will be a breakthrough. If it should be a breakthrough, then it will be a breakthrough for other women who were who were like not um, sterilized because of special needs and because of HIV. HIV. That's right. And 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 I mean the finances. Who pays for all this? Is it the state money that's going to be paying for? You know that pays for all the sterilization. Is that not a problem? Is it not a waste of money? Is not wasteful expenditure? It's a wasteful expenditure on its own. Hence, the HPCA was so furious. Even when you look at that Twitter uh, page, they keep on calling people to come forward. They keep on asking them to give them information. Yet we have given them the report. It's a waste of resources. We are losing you. Mr. Bolo, would, would you move around a little bit because your line is now is, is not as clear as it used to be. Can you move around a bit? Hello? Okay. Hello, Mr. Bolo. Alright, I think it seems like our line just went a bit bad there. But... Um, we are seeing what the the sort of challenges that exist um, and that they have had to face, you know, where you almost have to reconstruct, imagine having to reconstruct a, a file, a medical file, which is almost 20 years old, 15 years old, and some of the people involved might not still work there. Uh, you've only yeah. got to say so of your of your complainant who says, this is what has happened to me, and now you have to try and trace it back. Of course, you can see the result because the person, you know, has, you know, they can be examined and you can see that, oh, but they've suffered some sort of um, surgery there. 
but you can't really go f- too much further back. So, I mean, it, it must be an incredibly difficult. It's awful. I, I didn't understand why it took such a long time, but taking into consideration the amount of uh, of time that had passed between when the um, uh, sterilizations happened and when they were, you know, the investigation was launched in excess of ten years. Um, and yeah, it's, it's it's a very good job that they've done. It and really if you look is. at medical negligence claims generally, it's so difficult, yeah, so difficult to get what you need, hospital files from from the hospitals, yeah. any information from the hospital. It is so hard. It's uh, not but, easy. But medical negligence is one thing. This is not. This negligence. is beyond. Yeah, this no, is this is negligence. beyond negligence. This this is, this, this is criminal mm-hmm. criminal behavior. Absolutely. All right, Mr. Bello, are you back? Yes, I'm here. Okay, great. We just lost you there for um, for a second. T- uh, uh, tell us, as a we pride ourselves in South Africa in having perhaps some of the most progressive laws um, in the world uh, when it comes to equality, dignity. We have got a great celebrated constitution. What does this do to the fabric? And are we really that honest about? where we are mm. as a country if something like this can happen and uh, not only that it can happen it can happen to a, a few dozen women and that it has taken so long for them to a come forward because they were afraid are we as honest with ourselves as what we should be i don't think so you know what we have got this wonderful laws in the country um however when it comes to implementation and protection of people's rights, we're still lagging behind. Mm. And that is a worrisome thing, and it's something that we have discovered in this case, that uh, we, 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 we talk, but nobody wants to take responsibility. Remember, even if you look at the Department of Health in Kauteng and KwaZulu-Natal, they are being so dangerous for medical negligence mm, every mm. year. Yeah, left, and right, and center, yeah, I, that one is true. Because someone wants, it's being negligent on papers. Mm. This for sterilization, it's on papers. Mm. So, Suppose what we have done as a commission, remember life to me, um, we, we suspect, because this is a matter of David Veris' Goliath. Hmm. You're talking about the less empowered people, less people who are not okay with the law, and versus somebody who has gone to medical school, who's a nursing practitioner, who's the health sister, and somebody who can't even maybe articulate things in the manner in which you know someone can understand them, like I do, you and I would do. So it's a worrying thing. How many people have gone through that process? How many people were given panodos in hospitals because of the, them not understanding? or able to say what is it that they are feeling in, in, in their bodies. So those are some of the things that, you know, the country and the health. One of the elements we, we, we have recommended that there's supposed to be risk cooling of everyone in terms of the laws and other nitty-gritties. Because when you're a medical practitioner, you're supposed to understand the law, the law side of things. Mm. What will be the recourse? Hence, you'll see a situation whereby doctors are sued in the individual capacity going forward because of negligence. Mm, mm. You know, there's something... Um, 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 there's one of the... Th- you know, sure. There's something that I don't get. Of course, as people, we all have our biases and prejudices about certain things. But I, I, I really struggle with this particular uh, thought that I've been having for a while now. You would think that someone who has been oppressed would understand the oppression of another person. So if I had yeah. to give an example, you would think that uh, black people would understand um, the oppression of other black people because we've all 
you know, suffered racism or colonialism. You'd think that a woman would understand the pain of another woman because, you know, she has also experienced patriarchy, for instance. You would think that someone who has been poor uh, would understand when we've got uh, uh, foreign migrants coming into our country trying to make a living because they, you know, they come from circumstances of poverty themselves, you know, those kind of things. But it's so difficult. Sometimes we find ourselves Instead of me being the one who must support another woman, for instance, I'm the first one to say, no, she deserves it, or whatever nasty, negative things, you know, I would say, I don't see, um, I, I lack empathy. Now, when we deal with issues like this, um, I mean, I didn't ask, you know, what the nature of whether it's the race or the gender of the medical staff who have been perpetrating these issues, but either way, if most of us have been through some kind of issues of oppression, because, you know, not everyone comes from an extremely privileged background anyway, how are we supposed to read into that when we lack empathy as people who have been oppressed before and should be the ones showing it the most? It, it, I'm, I'm telling you, what you have said, I should think it's a wonderful comment that you have said. Um, we, we need to look introspect as, 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 as men. As, as people of this country, as citizens, to say, why why are we doing such a thing, atrocious things to the other fellow human being? Yeah. Why? Because we don't know now how many were women, how many were men as, as, as doctors, as health practitioners. We'll find out. Because the truth somehow will have to get out. Because right. some of these people, they know which was there to have done and the dates and stuff like that. Some have got records. We managed to uncover those records. So it is very bad, and it is very saddening. It's, it's, it's worrisome that, you know, we do this injustice to another fellow citizen, and we, be, we, we say we've got a progressive in, uh, constitution. Yet, you know, it's just, it, it, we don't follow that. So had we, 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 we're not oppressive to one another. Had we not... ...like a hypocritic oath on these people, it would have been w- w- a better off. So... It's, it's a worrying trend. Even when I talk to you now, Tato, and my brother, it's, 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 it's sad because it reminds me of the the, 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 the the tears that I've seen on these women or when we launched this report. Mm. I saw them, some of them for the first time. Um, some of them, I'm in touch with them. And it's so sad, you know, when they tell this gory stuff that, you know, you wish it, it doesn't even happen to your worst enemy if I, you do have one. Right. All right, Mr. Bolle, thank you for um, discussing this with us. We, in the interest, we, we're running out of time now, so uh, we we're going for to close us. Thank soon. you for having us. Uh, but Thank you. we'd like you just to tell our, our guests where it is they can get hold of the Gender Commission, more or less what it is that they can complain about to the Gender Commission. They can go to our website, www.cge.org.za. They can use our toll-free number, 0800 they can also use this uh, info at cge.org.za or go to vet, uh, 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 Voice of Vets and get my number from there because we work with Voice of Vets and get my numbers and then I'll see that. We've got nine provincial offices. We've got lawyers uh, throughout the country who can assist and then we work with everyone in, in the country. Right. Well, thank you, Mr. Baloy. We appreciate your time. Thank you and good night. You're welcome. Well, that was uh, a very, very, very stimulating conversation and perhaps a moving one as well. Yeah. Uh, it, it's 26 years into our democracy and yet we still have these kinds of problems. I didn't think 
this was a real possibility it's in Africa. It's not just from a legal or even a heuristic point of view where we're talking about um, rights and uh, human rights and that. That is, you know, that's important. But we always talk about Ubuntu mm. as a people and yay! Although many South Africans do have it, there are enough of us out here who don't. And it shows. Uh, it shows in our levels of crime sometimes, the way in which crimes are committed and the manner in which the most vulnerable mm-hmm. of our country are treated. It, and it's not with any compassion often. Right. It's, they're treated almost as an, in, as an inconvenience absolutely, uh, absolutely. to be gotten rid of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you would like to catch this show, you can visit vits.journalism.co.za forward slash law. You may also go to IONO and that's where you will get our podcast. We had Mr. Javu Baloyi from the Commission for Gender Equality who joined us tonight on the evening and uh, he is the one who was our guest tonight. From our producer, Lerato Makade, our tech Technical producer, uh, he's back, Kutano Sirame, and from our law focused researchers, Tepo Mohapi, Ubakeng Ramari, as well as myself, Millicent Indiweni, thank you for tuning into Law Focus tonight. Good night. Law Focus, handing you your rights. Law Focus Podcast.